Got some other folks that have come in as well. We're looking forward to, uh, as the Lord continues to lead with our services here. The deacons and I met last uh, Sunday after church and talked about going forward and what we're looking like. Uh, at this point, we've decided we're going to maintain what we have been doing with Sunday morning only at 11 o'clock. And uh, then Wednesday night, we'll maintain at 7.30 on Wednesday nights. Both of these services still will not have child care and children's church, so just keep that as a matter of uh, understanding going forward, and we'll let you know if anything changes. Uh, one prayer request, uh, I'm sure there are many others out there as well, but uh, Kim Peach uh, contacted me this morning, said that uh, uh, she has cerebral autoimmune um, diseases, and uh, with that, um, she's asked prayer. She said she's not doing very well at all right now. So I've asked uh, uh, James Livingston, he's going to read scripture and have a uh, prayer for us in a moment if he would uh, return thanks for the service as well as remember him at that time. On up note, we have some birthdays with us today. One that's not present is Jonathan uh, Langford, is 13, and that's uh, uh, Linda Richardson's uh, grandson. And uh, we also have another 13-year-old, Leah Holland. Where is Leah? Oh, right there, okay. Uh, Leah is 13 years old today. We have, uh, Sandy will be there. We have one more. Uh, Ed Reynolds, he's not 13. <laughs> Where is Ed? Oh, right there, okay. Uh, Ed, stand up. Let's sing happy birthday for them.
song and what I'm going to be reading from Ephesians, you may notice a theme. I think Pastor will speak to that quickly. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 13. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that we can come into the oasis of your house to hear your word, to worship corporately, to give thanks and praise unto you, Lord. I specifically want to lift up our sister Kim Peach with the health concerns that she's had, that you comfort her, heal her, and just let her know your presence is always there. We just thank you for your immutable character, for your mercy, your grace. And I would also like to lift up our nation's law enforcement at this time as they are standing against evil daily, Lord. They are public servants that each and every one get up daily to protect each and every one of us. And we are thankful for that and that you would gird about them with protection and that they would know that this nation loves them, that you love us. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Leah, you come up here, please.
Satan cannot be trusted. Satan will tell you anything you want to hear to get you to do what he wants you to do. And that's what we need to understand. We learned a couple things. One, we learned that there are some things that you cannot negotiate. Sin with Satan is one of them. We also learned of our defensive attitudes and actions out of a couple passages, a couple verses. First uh, Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. There are several things in there. Satan, of course, as the roaring lion, wants to devour us, to destroy us, to have his way with us. And God says that we need to be sober and vigilant. That is, we need to be alert and aware. We need to be aware of the presence and of the danger of our adversary, the devil. So it's important for us to have that alertness in our understanding of attitude. Also in James 4, 7, it says, Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. There's a promise that if we resist the devil, he will flee if we submit to God first. That was the first of the war. And so there must be, before we can stand, by the way, it says there in, in verse um, uh, 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, the attacks, the scheme, plans of the devil. In order for us to stand before Satan, the devil, we must first kneel before our God in submission. So there is the, the, the order of our surrendering to the Lord first before we can have victory over the devil. Today I'm going to begin a mini-series dealing with the believer's armor. I've been saying I'm going to do this for a while. I think it's time now to jump into it. It's found here in Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 19. No way that we'll get anywhere close to being through tonight, probably today. Um, but I want us to, to get started with us and see a little bit first before we get into the details of what this armor is and what it represents to us. Father, I pray right now that you would allow our minds to be free from any distractions. Help us not to be diverted from our thoughts by Satan and his demons today. I pray that you would help me to be able to share very clearly the truth that you've laid upon my heart, the truth of your word. Father, we believe, we know that you are real as our God. We know that this physical world is real that we live in. And we know, Lord, that the devil, Satan, Lucifer, we know that he is real. His demons are real. And we know that the spiritual battle, the warfare that's going on around us is real. And I pray that we would understand and catch a glimpse of that today in preparation for what our need is to put this armor on, that we would be able to stand against his attacks and not fall for these particular tricks. Thank you for what you will accomplish already today. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. I want us to see, as we've already mentioned a little bit about the spiritual warfare that uh, we're in. Some people will say, I, I've heard about the spiritual warfare. I understand what's going on. There'll be others that say, uh, yeah, I've heard about it. But I don't know a whole lot about it. And some people might even say, hey, I didn't know there was a spiritual warfare going on. So what are we talking about here? I came across one definition by Dr. Tony Evans I thought was very good, it's very simple. It states here that a battle fought between God, and this is the spiritual warfare, it's a battle fought between God and Satan that goes on in the invisible spiritual world while playing out in this visible physical world at the same time. In other words, there is a battle going on between God and Satan over the control of your life. Who is going to control your life? There will be some people that would very quickly say, wait a minute, Pastor, uh, I, I think I want to be the one that's in control of my life. 
I think I want to be the one that, that calls the shots for me. Well, in doing that, uh, you have played right into Satan's hands. That's exactly where he wants you to be. That's exactly the mentality that he would want you to have because he knows that as long as you think that way, you'll not be bowing the knee of surrender unto the Father and to God. You're running your life your way the way you want. And as long as we do not submit unto the Lord, then we are going to be making ourselves fair game for the bear. And the bear walked away, if you remember, with his belly full. And so we need to understand that we'll never win when it comes to the battle, the spiritual warfare, as long as we have an mentality that this is my life, I'm going to live it the way that I should. It ought to come to a verse to our mind uh, that we're bought with a price. This is not my life anymore. When I trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, my life became His. I am crucified with Christ, Paul said. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, in this physical world, I live a faithful Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We're all the price. Therefore, we're to glorify God with this body and with my soul, my spirit, which belongs to God. And so it's his that we belong to. But this, this battle is taking place, this, this warfare is taking place, and uh, we're in the midst of it, and it's a daily warfare that, that transpires. The only way that we can have true joy and peace and blessing and fulfillment and victory is by bowing the knee of surrender to our God, number one, and by letting God have his own way with us. We sing the song sometimes, that invitation, have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Do we mean it? Are we submitting to the Lord and surrender and want God to have his way with our life? That's the way it should be. It's the only way that's going to bring victory and it's the only way that's going to bring joy, peace, blessing, and fulfillment. Now, concerning the devil, Satan, Lucifer was his original name that God gave him when God created him. The scripture tells us that Lucifer, Satan, the devil, is the most powerful being God ever created. Now, the two things I want to emphasize in that statement. Number one, he is the most powerful being. But number two, he is a created being. And the creator is always above the creation. And so I remind you of the fact that greater is he that is within you, the Holy Spirit of God, than he, the devil, that is in this world. Amen. We have that truth, we have that understanding, but the Bible tells us that he's the most powerful created being. In Ezekiel 28, we're told that he is the most wise, the most beautiful, the most talented being that God ever created. And it was because of his greatness that he was lifted up, the Bible says, in pride and in sin. And therefore God judged him and cast him from his position of being the, the anointed cherub that covers with all of his beauty, the reflective glory of God. Uh, he was taken from that position. And when he did, he convinced one-third of the angels of God to follow him in rebellion against God. And they are what we call today the demons. Just like Satan is real, his demons are real. God is real, his angels are real. God is the creator, Satan is the creation. Two-thirds angels of God, one-third demons with Satan. Again, greater is he that is within us. May I say this also? It doesn't matter if it's two-thirds against one-third. All it takes is one God. Amen. Okay. That's all it is. 
is omnipotent. And we need to understand the God that we serve. But we have Satan, the devil, and what he is. And uh, we are no match for the devil by ourselves. We cannot stand before him. So how can we possibly stand as the scripture commands? How can we possibly defeat the devil? How can we possibly have victory in our spiritual life? I think the answer is simple, yet we need to understand its entirety. The answer is by following God's instructions that he gives through his word. He has told us how to have the victory. Two weeks ago we saw about the attitudes that we would have, an alertness and watchfulness and understanding that he's real and the danger is real. We saw that we were to submit to the Lord first before we can resist the devil, but that he would flee from us. And so we want to begin then the next, as he gives and lays out here in Ephesians 6, the armor that God has provided for each one of us as believers. And this armor, as I said, is for each one of us. There is not a Christian in here that can walk out of here today and say, I don't need this armor. I don't need to implement this armor in my life. Because God has provided it for every one of us. And God has commanded it to every one of us to take. So I want us to consider, and I'm entitled this mini-series, Dealing with the Armor of God, this first one, the title is The Need and Nature of the Believer's Armor. The Need and Nature. So let's look at the need for the believer's armor. Why do I need, why do you need the believer's armor? There are three reasons I believe is seen in these verses. In verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. In verse 10, it says, Be strong in the Lord. We think about it. Uh, we've read it now several times. It's emphasized to us this morning. This armor that God has provided makes us strong. Because Satan is strong, then God commands us to be strong. Note that it's in the power of, not my might, but in the power of his might. I'm to be strong in his might. In Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, as Zerubbabel was to go back and to, to rebuild in Jerusalem, God told him, he says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, all his spirit, he was to go in that power. Not by might, not by my personal ability, not by my cleverness, not by anything that I can come up with, not by power, not by human strength, not by, by my effort that I put in, can I have victory, but it's by God's Holy Spirit within me. It's as I surrender to the Holy Spirit that I can have victory. Uh, Fanny Crosby is a one of the great hymn writers. So we have uh, quite a few of the hymns in our hymn book written by her, ones uh, such as Blessed Assurance, Praise Him, Praise Him, To God Be the Glory. There's another one in uh, some newly discovered hymns of hers entitled Not In My Strength. It's one of my favorites because of the message that it has. I kind of like the gene as well. But the message of it in one of the verses in the course says this. Though weary miles are mine to cross, your word of hope helps me to stand. That's what we're talking about. And earthly things I count as loss while pressing toward the promised land. While I'm seeking to stand and press toward that promised land, she says, not in the might of failing flesh, and not in my own righteousness, not in my strength, but thine alone I carry on. We press toward being what 
God wants us to be in this life like the Lord Jesus Christ. We press toward one day being able to be in His presence in heaven. But we carry on, not in our strength or in our might, not in our good works of our righteousness, there is filthy rags. But we do so in the power of His might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. This armor makes us strong. Secondly, we need this armor because our enemy is wild. Verse 11 we read, um, Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Every time I read this verse, I cannot help but think about uh, the cartoon Roadrunner and his nemesis, uh, Wiley Coyote. This Wiley Coyote kept coming up with all kinds of scheming tricks trying to cap capture the Roadrunner. And of course, the Roadrunner always put it behind gear and got away. But we have this Wiley Coyote, this trickster, that's what the word means here. The Greek word is actually methodias, where we get the word methods. And his methods, his crafty tricks, his plan of attack is what we're seeing. We've already discovered that Satan is a deceiver. He is a liar. He is the father of lies. That he will never tell us the truth unless it's a little truth in order to insert the lie that he wants to. He is a counterfeit. He is all of these things that God has warned us about, and he tells us that we ought to be aware of his scheming attacks. Our enemy is wily. Uh, the devil specializes in deception. He specializes in false doctrine, and therefore he is deceivingly tricky. To the lost, he blinds the minds of those that have not been saved yet. He does not want them to see, to understand, and to see the gospel of Jesus Christ. He will put in a service such as this, and they will be totally uninterested. They'll be counting whatever is up in the ceiling. They'll be thinking about anything that they can other than the truth of what God says. Because Satan doesn't want him to consider that truth. He is uh, one that snatches the Word of God from their minds and hearts before it can take root. Now, Jesus uh, gave him the parable of the sower, that particular illustration. And how that's exactly what Satan does when the Word of God is given and they think about it just for a moment before it can really take root. Satan comes and he snatches it away. He turns their mind to think of something else so they would not consider anymore the truth that's just been set before them. Satan originates false doctrine in support of false religion. Have you ever wondered why there are so many other religions in the world? Here you go. Satan is one that originates false doctrine, false teachings. And from that springs up false religions. And yet, in these religions, they are there is religious people. But just being religious does not make you right with God. There is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man, and that's Jesus Christ. There is one heaven, and there is one way to get to heaven. It's not my way. It's not the Baptist way. It's God's way. Jesus said, I am the way, not a way. He is the only way to get into God's heaven by faith in His finished work on Calvary. We have the truth, and the truth will lead us to a right relationship with God. It will reconcile us unto our Maker, and we can be saved, and we can be then changed in this life and allowed to be pleasing unto the Lord if we will bow the knee as we mentioned earlier. And so that's what Satan does to the lost. Now, what does he do to us as saved? 
Satan intimidates us as believers uh, with threats of things like uh, uh, rejection. You know, there are some people that are totally not willing to stand for the Lord or let anybody or talk to them about the Lord at all because they're afraid they'll be rejected. The young people in particular fall into this category. I'm not talking about just teenagers or, young, or younger. I'm talking about even young adults. Uh, there are some that just because of the threat, hey, you may not have any other friends. Huh? Uh, you're not going to have anybody else. I mean, if you start talking about the Lord and you get excited about God and you, you want to be faithful, you, you know, you, you might not have anybody else. It might be hard to meet somebody. You know, all these threats that are out there, Satan is behind it. His demons he uses. He intimidates some believers with persecution. I'm going to make it hard in your life. You're not going to be promoted at your work because of your stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll never make anything of yourself in this world as long as you speak up like that. There's persecution that can be intimidating coming from the Satan and the demons. He infiltrates the church, according to Scripture, with what is called tares. Jesus gave the, uh, the parable of the wheat and tares. And he says, you know, the man planted his field with wheat, and then the servants came in and said, there's tares all growing up out of the wheat. Uh, how did this happen? And said, the enemy has done this. That enemy is the devil. His demons. But what it's talking about, it's not interested in telling us how to grow wheat out here. Um, what, is, what we get from it is the wheat and the tares look pretty much the same until they get to maturity. At that point, the wheat has fruit, has the grain, and the tares does not. And that's when you can tell them apart. The spiritual emphasis of truth of it is that the devil, through these demons, they can uh, infiltrate the church with people that claim to be Christians, they claim to be going to heaven, they may even think that they are themselves, but they're not genuinely saved. And a person that's not genuinely saved is obviously not going to have a heart to follow the Lord, to submit to Him. There are going to be differences. They're in a church, they dress like the church, they may sound like the church, but they're counterfeit. And that's what Satan does in his work within the church. He tries to bring in counterfeit. He tries to tempt us, obviously, to doubt and to lie. He tries to tempt us to be self-reliant, to be immoral, to be worldly, to be prideful, to be discouraged. The devil works and seeks to work in the lives of believers, you and me. That's what he does. He specializes in deception. He is deceivingly tricky. We need the armor because our enemy is dangerous. And his methods are wildly tricky, deceptive. Thirdly, we need our armor because the enemy is invisible. Look at verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's the physical. Okay? We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. What is it that we wrestle against them? What are these things, these principalities and powers? Excuse <coughs> me. These things that, that we wrestle against, they are accepted as demonic classifications in these angels. Ranks of angels. I cite over in Romans chapter 8. In the end of Romans chapter 8, Paul asks the question, he says, who can separate us from the love of Christ? And then he begins to, to list. Notice in verse 38 and 39, in the last two verses of chapter 8, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, 
nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature. He's talking about creatures. He's talking about created beings. None of these created beings shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Colossians 1.16, speaking about God the Son, the Lord Jesus, it says, For by Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. And then in 1 Peter 3.22 speaks of the Lord Jesus who has gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto Him. Spiritual creatures being made subject unto Him. And so what is it that we wrestle against? It's not flesh and blood, but it's a spiritual battle against spiritual creatures, demons in general, that is controlled by Satan, guided by Satan, planned by Satan, in his methods of attack, and that they are against us to try to devour us and to cause us uh, to be nothing for the Lord Jesus Christ, to accomplish nothing for our God. If he can do that, he's got the victory. He cannot draw us back into lost condition into hell, but he can keep us from ever drawing anybody else out of hell into a, a safe condition uh, through salvation. That's what he desires. We need our army because our enemy is invisible and deceivingly tricky, and our armor makes us strong. Now, what is the nature? What is the nature of our armor? Look at verse 13. Wherefore, Take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand with stand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. There are two things in particular that I want you to see concerning the nature of armor that we have. Number one, it is available, ready available. Uh, in order for us to withstand in the evil day there, we need God's armor. We need, and God wants us to have it. He would never command us to have something if He didn't want us to have it. And He has done exactly that. that. He's made it available and He's made it a command. In verse 13, Wherefore, take unto you. That's a command. We're to take unto us the whole armor of God. <clears throat> because God wants us to have it. He makes it available. But just because God provides it doesn't mean that we have it. We must appropriate it ourselves. The choice to put on God's armor, to keep it on available, is ours. God has made it available. We must make the choice to use it. Just uh, the other night, I think it was, Big and I were watching a movie, and it took place uh, somewhere around 1200 A.D., and it had some, some uh, soldiers in it, and I was noticing because I already knew what I was preaching on here, and, and here was this armor, and here were these guys, they had their armor on. And they had their sword, they had their helmet, their shield. And when they slept at night, they slept with their armor on. They slept with their sword as their cutting little pillow. their security. It was right there available to them at any moment. And that's the picture that God has given us with the armor that He has provided. He's made it available to us. He's made it where we can put it on and it should be there ready for us at any moment. But we must make the choice to put it on. We must make the choice to use it. The strength is God, but the choice to put it on and use it is ours. Secondly, not only is it available, but it is a set. Notice that twice 
God says, verse 11, put on the whole armor of God, verse 13, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God. It is not just individual pieces that we choose that uh, I'm going to take this one, and yeah, I kind of like that one, that's pretty neat, and I don't think I need the rest of those. It is a set. It is the whole armor of God that we are to put on if we want to have victory. Every piece in its entirety, we are put on once and for all. It's not like a basketball uniform that you put it on just before the game and you go out there and you play your game and then afterwards you take it off and you don't wear it until the next game. We're in a battle that's going on. We're in a spiritual warfare. It doesn't start when you go out the door. It's in the battle right now. There are demons present with us right now in this room. And they're whispering in some of your ears things to try to get you to think of something else or to do something else or, or to forget what God is saying to you. The spiritual warfare goes on constantly. We need God's armor constantly. As long as there is an evil day, Take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. When is the evil day? Well, it's today. It was yesterday. It's going to be tomorrow. The evil day. As long as there is evil in this world, as long as the devil is the prince of the power of the air, there is the evil day. And we need the armor on in its entirety. The nature of God's armor. Sharing Lord, It doesn't matter. I want you to listen real carefully as we conclude. It doesn't matter how many demons attack. It doesn't matter if Satan himself were to attack. As I said at the beginning, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God has the victory. We all are to take the armor and be like what Paul told young Timothy. Be strong in the Lord. Be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Everyone, if you bow your heads right now. No one looking around. I want you to listen very carefully as the instruments play. Isaac Watts is another hymn writer that's written many hymns in our hymn book. One of the hymns that he wrote asks this question. It says, Am I a soldier of the cross, a follower of the Lamb? great song. In light of the message today, I might ask it a little differently. It's not, am I a soldier of the cross? We've seen that we are. But the question remains, what kind of a soldier am I? What kind of a soldier are you this morning? If we don't take the battle seriously, that we're in, or if we don't implement God's armor as we should, then we're not much of a soldier of Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you today to get serious about thinking about what God says that we're in. And not just walk away from here and live this next week like you might have lived this past week. But that we would consciously say, Lord, help me every day to make sure I've got your armor. Help me over the next weeks as we listen and learn exactly how that armor works and what it is. And help me to be strong in the power of your might. I encourage you to put on your spiritual armor. 
to report to your Commander-in-Chief, the Lord Jesus Christ, in His Word and through prayer, and be a victorious Christian for Jesus Christ. Can you say, will you say, as the instruments of playing this song, have your own way with me. Have your own way with me. Bow to me.